Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Welcome to the podcast. This is Father Michael O'Loughlin. I'm coming. Talking to myself today. Ah. Hey, yo. <laughs> you just grunted like an old man sitting down. <laughs> By the way, did you- He's a Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> and we didn't even talk about that yet. Mm. I, was, I don't want to laugh at them every single podcast, but the, the last one they did the Sour Patch Kids, Father John and Father Mike, there was a lot of smacking of lips, the whole thing that got really? a little bit gross. gross this is a blue one. <laughs> mm. Am I going to talk over this the whole no, time? No, I'm, I'm going to lean back every time <laughs> okay. I chew. Yeah, thank you. Can you still hear it? <laughs> totally still hear it. <laughs> Hopefully the the, the right. uh, introductory music is still going on <laughs> to cover this. All right, I'm going to shove I'm going to shove all seven of these in my mouth you can now. Hear you're sitting ah. way back there. It's like coming from your. I'm listening. All right, I'm listening. Oh, so how are you, Father Nathan? I'm doing good, ma'am. That's so gross. I'm doing good. I'm having a great time. People talk about hearing the clanking of the glasses, and now we're hearing the smacking of the Sour Patch Kids. Oh. Sour Patch Kids are glorious, though. Here, I'll tell you one thing, though. Yes. So I moved in my new rectory. Okay. And we're on well water. Oh. So when you... Rich bastards. <laughs> rich pastors? <laughs> rich, yes, yeah, that's, that's, that's what, what you said. said. That's rich what you pastors. said. Rich pastors. <laughs> Anywho... Um, <laughs> can, can you hear yourself chew? I can't. I can't chew it fast enough. I can't breathe. Okay. Anyways, um, so we're on well water, okay. which isn't the worst thing in the world. The problem is when you open the tap, it smells like sulfur, Ooh. and it tastes like rotten eggs for the first, like, you know, 30 seconds, oh, whatever. Let it run. But since you're on well water... You don't have fluoride in your water. Oh, most most water sources yeah, right. City that water. treat their yeah. water have fluoride in it. Yeah, and I have been having so many troubles with my teeth. Oh, plus stress will do that. You got to use fluoride toothpaste. I I switched to Sensodyne. Oh, really, Does ladies and gentlemen? I have been a Crest man, <laughs> and any of you people, and I'm telling you, any of you people that are freaking Colgate users. You just shut up, because I'm telling you, Colgate turns your mouth into chalk. Really? I can't stand that stuff. Okay. You use Colgate? I use Arm & Hammer. Yeah, I'll allow it. I switch it up, because I, I just get sick of the taste of one, and I go to the next. I like, I, I'll go and get something I've either hopefully never had before, or something I haven't had in a while, just to switch it up. One time I was on retreat, and I forgot toothpaste, Yeah. and this guy, Matt Jost, who's from uh, Belleville. He used to be a seminarian, now married to Emily. Um, uh, Matt Jost bought me watermelon kids toothpaste, and it was amazing. (laughs) That's the stuff you could swallow. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, but yeah, I was crest crest for 30, well, I mean, at least like 27 years since I was six. We, We only buy crest. Wow. None of this, none of this like freaking Colgate stuff. Except now my parents are using Colgate. Whenever I go home, I'm like, what is this? Really? So, but oh. now I had to switch to Sensodyne because I'm a freaking old man. Yeah. 
I don't know what I did as a kid, but I, I don't if I forget what we did as kids. But yeah, I, I just and yet I get the exact same breakfast every morning. Every same thing. That's like Nepple. Like je- like like my friend Nini at Jelly. Like she's like, just please get something else today. Just order something else. And so I, I took her advice, and actually it was glorious. The 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 Wisco named after Wisconsin. What'd you get? The it's called the Wisco. It's a it's a scramble. It's a it's an omelet with brie, like chunks of brie in it. Ugh. They put chunk. I know I don't normally like brie because I don't like the texture, but it works. This they put chunks of brie, some cheddar, and then bacon in the omelet. It What's the glorious. name of that disgusting dish? Oh yeah, the hot Molly Brown. You don't like that? Well, it's it's. I mean, like that sounds like something you find in a toilet. Like, dude, don't go in there. Somebody just <laughs> dropped a hot Molly Brown. <laughs> Anyways. Isn't Molly Brown the Titanic woman? I guess. Molly Brown house. Yeah, we Maybe. here in Denver. Yeah. I should know that. I live in Denver. Yeah, well, you're, you're, but what is your breakfast? Your breakfast is it's really basic. good. Eggs, bacon, fruit, coffee, and... Do you switch out the potatoes? And then sourdough bread. Yeah, yeah I switch out the potatoes with fruit. For healthy reasons. Nepple, whenever I would stay with him at Queen of Peace, his breakfast consisted of throwing a handful of blueberries, um, a rumpf, um, uh, it consisted of a handful of blueberries, like Greek yogurt, like non, like non-fat plain Greek yogurt and protein powder. And then he would like buzz that in a in a magic bullet, drink it, and be like, all right, let's get on with our day. Huh. I'm like, your life sucks. That doesn't sound so bad. Oh, my gosh. That's a good way to be healthy. I just don't take the time. Like, like I said, I go to Jelly because that's where I read. That's where I have my only intellectual life is while eating breakfast, while eating the same thing every morning. Reading Cosmo at uh, Jelly does not consist of an intellectual <laughs> it's life. It's observing Cosmo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, all, it's all females. The, and, um, and me reading. So I've Chesterton. been... I, I try to switch it up a little bit, but I've been getting into more of routine. Like whenever I was at Cabrini, my breakfast for like weeks was fruit and cream yogurt. Yeah, so tasty. Quaker good. fruit and cream yogurt. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Like I don't like sticking with the same thing. So Except Bishop John. Of course, I do not have meat on Fridays. That's what so he I meant to without, say. <laughs> I go without the bacon on Fridays and I switch that with the uh, uh, frosted flakes. Oh. <sighs> By the way, like mentioning our diet, I have a friend. Do you know Andrew Whaley? Yeah. So he texted me once of him eating a eating a zebra cake, and he said he walked in because of the gluttony podcast. He actually walked into the to the gas station and was like, "This is what Olo does when he goes in. He gets zebra cake." So I forced him to have zebra cake, and I had to admit I've actually done that before. I've got I, I've now I I pump gas and I walk in to pay for the gas or just walk in because I'm I'm bored out of my mind and I have ADD and I will buy a zebra cake because I said it on the podcast. I'm literally manipulating myself. Right yeah, now. but you can find zebra cakes at most gas yeah, stations. Well, about half of them. Like, what do you get I'm, otherwise? I know which ones to go. I don't even need to get anything. That's the thing. Is like, I, I've, I've convicted after that podcast. I convicted myself. Like, I, I need to be able to pump gas and not get anything, and I can do it now. But if I'm like, I'm hungry, or I'm just really craving a zebra cake, I'll go in. Right. If they, then I'll get the um, what are the 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 layered wa- the little waffle with peanut butter, <laughs> like all chocolate on the outside. Nutty bar. Thank you. Nutty. Bar. <laughs> Good job, buddy. Then ten points. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I could. I could. I could. I could name all of them. 
they used to be that we used to do a paper route and and roll over to the gas station and get like nutty bars, fudgy rounds, strawberry shortcakes, oatmeal cream pies. Oh, they even have double oatmeal cream pies now. What like one two layers or like double the cream? Like it's like a Big Mac. Oh, it's like a Big Mac. Oh, really? Of, yeah. So three oatmeal pieces. Yeah, and two. And cream. two. Two layers of cream. I just know that there's bigger and smaller ones. Little Debbie, why do you gotta be so bad? <laughs> Anywho, yeah, breakfast. Breakfast. Crest toothpaste, Sensodyne. Right. Well, that's a good lead into the topic. Really? No, not at all. I'm gonna eat some more Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is all happening, right. folks. All right, fat kid. Let's. Uh, all right. <laughs> Don't make me puke. Live they are on, good live on the podcast. They are good. They're addictive too, obviously. So today we're actually drinking. What are we drinking? Ah, we didn't bring the bottle out. Green Spot, Green Spot Irish whiskey, which is glorious, and eating some Irish salami, hard salami with French. I'm guessing French Gruyere, cheese, and uh, sour patch kids, which are probably Chinese. Dinner of champions. This is literally probably my dinner tonight. Are we going to eat? We're going to go see a movie after this. I don't. Popcorn, yeah. Um, popcorn for dinner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my dinner. Okay. What do you usually get at the movie theater? I don't. I, I normally get um, malted melt balls or hot tamales mm. or Reese's Pieces. <sighs> I had a bad experience with the Reese's Pieces. Really? Can I tell you about that? Uh, I guess so. Sure. We're not going to get to the podcast. This is the most. This is the most whiskey I've drank on the podcast in a while, and like I'm loving life. And it's not affecting me at all, and I've had as much. Have a great diet. Yeah. We went to go see Godzilla. Do you remember the new Godzilla mm-hmm. movie that came out in like 1999 or 2001? Didn't see it, but I remember it. Yes, it was like 97. Okay. Um, they had a Godzilla meal at Taco Bell, okay. so uh, pay homage to them. Um, the movie was so bad. So, so bad that my friend, um, instead of watching the movie, decided to put milk duds into his mouth and then like like suck off all of the the chocolate. the chocolate so it was just yeah. the sticky caramel and then throw it at the screen <laughs> so that it looked like all of the people had these huge moles on their face. It was amazing. <laughs> And then I was laughing at him. So childish. (laughs) But we had gone to Toys R Us beforehand. Right. And uh, I had purchased a huge bag of Reese's Pieces and slid them into like probably a knockoff Jinko pant. Okay. Uh, So, like with the long pockets, (laughs) right? And I ate that whole thing. And there's something different about Reese's Pieces than MMs. Right. They have kind of like an oil to them. Yeah. I know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah, but like it's kind of like I don't want to get disgusting. Anyways, um, uh, let's just say like at the end of that, I had a very bad reaction to that many Aww. that many Reese's pieces. So <laughs> uh, I don't want to. It looked like E.T. Know. got assaulted in an alley <laughs> outside the, outside the theater. <laughs> I, that's what, when, I, when you said Reese's pieces, E.T. was the first thing I thought of. We are truly children. All right, back to the topic. All right, back to the topic. So. <clears throat> So, what is the topic? I don't know what to call it. I don't. Well, I'll decide something afterwards. It's just stuff I thought about this morning. It was Father Michael's thoughts on the morning of Thursday, mm. July, whatever it is. 
By the way, (laughs) can I say one more thing? Yeah, I guess. Do you remember on the podcast a few weeks ago that you said that um, you've always been worried about belching during the Eucharistic prayer? (laughs) Did you do it? (laughs) That happened today. I went went two and whatever, two years and three months, and I had had... um, I had made a Gouda omelet <laughs> with ham and uh, cream cheese, uh, and I don't normally eat that heavy. Right. And I was in the middle of the the preface, I think, and then all of a sudden I was like, were you, were you chanting it? <laughs> See, that's what I, I belched while I was chanting. It was the dismissal prayer, oh, wow. but still. Uh, actually, Anywho. that is a good leading, because the dismissal prayer is part of this podcast. So, okay. Great! All right. So, I used to, I, I struggle, I have ADD really bad not only self-diagnosed, which people laugh about, but actually diagnosed. So um, anyway, I whine a lot. But you about, can't laugh about, about it, too. Yeah, I got an issue. Um, Once so, it's diagnosed, yeah. like, that's a condition. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you can still laugh if you want. Um, so I, I remember I used to have, I used to have uh, the venerable Archbishop Shap, who was my spiritual father, which was wonderful. And when I would go to spiritual drink, <laughs> you drink something weird. I'm just going to keep on going on. So I used to I used to go to Chapu as a spiritual father. I almost <laughs> I almost spilled all over myself. Okay. Um. So I had Chapu's my spiritual father. I'm and, listening, and I would I would literally save the things I did not want to do administratively in the parish. Do you hear that? Yeah. That was weird. Okay. That is it continues. Anyway. Whatever. Sounds um, so, like a, sounds like a light, you know, like uh, wave sound. Yeah, I give anyone else to tell the story. Anyway, there you go. They're done. I was kneeling on the uh, on the cord. It was your fault. Oh, sorry about that. If it was okay. So anyway, <laughs> I, I had Chapu's spiritual father, and I loved it so much that I leave spiritual direction every single time, just elated and so zealous to be a priest and zealous to miss my parish and to be a pastor. And so I would literally save things I did not want to do until after spiritual direction on the day I had it, because I knew I'd come home more zealous and on fire for the basics of the priesthood after spiritual direction with him. Cleaning so, the toilet. Exactly. Well, yeah, I honestly would like to do that more than some other parts of the boring administrative parts of being a pastor. So anyway, so I, I, I come home and I do it. So there was that. There's something about saying when you experience something like a really inspirational spiritual direction from someone that is a great spiritual director, and you you want to be a better priest, you want to be a better Christian when that's done. That's what happened to me. So I I would come home. Um, that makes me think of of what Sunday should be for us, the Lord's Day. Right? It's the day of the resurrection. On the day of the resurrection, we we should see it as the the summit of the week. And like so, it's it's what we look forward to. And when we're done with Sunday liturgy or mass, then we run out more zealous to be good Christians. You know, a, a day of rest where it's also the day of the resurrection of our Lord. Those two things come in together. Rest and resurrection come together to inspire us for the next week, and it's something we look forward to the coming week. So, um, the the way that we can further appreciate Sunday for what it is and further appreciate the divine liturgy for what it is, the mass for what it is, is if we understand Sunday to be cathartic in a sense. Mm-hmm. In other words, for, for, for the entire history of Christianity, people have brought their intentions and brought their concerns, their anxieties to the altar of the liturgy 
and and there they offer it to Christ who who dies with it, dies to it, rises with it, rises to it, rises with us, and then therefore, in a sense, purifies and makes our struggles and our anxieties and our joys throughout the week makes it puts it in the proper context yeah. of the Christian life, the pilgrimage towards holiness, the pilgrimage towards heaven. So um so for instance when we when Sunday comes and we do this once a year in the Byzantine Church in, in so on the one we have what we call pre Lent so the Sundays leading up to Lent all have the same reading every single year so we're on a one year reading cycle in the Byzantine Church so um, every Sunday of what we call the Publican and the Pharisee that is one of the the Sundays leading up to the beginning of Lent the Sunday of the Publican and the Pharisee on that Sunday we always hear the story of the Publican and the Pharisee. Do you just want to keep saying publican so that you can say it right? It's not publican. I know, but like you, you seem to be saying it like kind of aggressively. I, <laughs> that was absolutely unintentional. Okay. It might have been unintentional. and You said it more than Dreiss. <laughs> Speaking of passive aggression. Exactly. <laughs> That's all right. He's on a mountain right now. That's he's not true. even listening. He's, he's falling into waters with water wings and... Floating safely down the mountain. Um, okay, um, publican, publican. So the publican and the Pharisee on the Sunday, the publican and the Pharisee. So we hear in that story the Pharisee says, "We fast. Thank you, Lord, for making me a good, pious Jew." In other words, I fast on 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 you know Wednesdays and Fridays. Fast twice a week, I think he says. Mm-hmm. Fast twice a week. Um, and so, and not, I'm not like this publican. I'm not like this this tax collector. I'm not like this man who's obviously a reject, etc. So, um, because he says we fast twice a week, we do not fast that week at all. So when we hear that gospel on Sunday, hmm. the following Friday, you do not fast. Wow. That Wednesday, you do not fast. You do not fast that week at all. And and we're trying to make sure that we are not like the Pharisee. We're not like the man who is bragging about fasting. Sure. Because then, of course, you're missing the whole point. So in other words, the, we, when we hear that gospel, we everybody knows. Every Byzantine knows. You hear that gospel, no fasting this week because somebody boasted about fasting. Sweet. And you should not boast about fasting. So there's this, in a sense, we are elated and we react to the Sunday for the entire week. No fasting that week once we hear that gospel. Um, so it really should be the case where we take with us that Sunday gospel. So I think it would be great and it would be encourage people to actually appreciate and to enjoy the Sunday, the, the mass, the divine liturgy, the readings, everything about that day. If they said, I'm going to carry this reading with me throughout the week. I'm going to yeah. carry this thing with me throughout the week. Yes. And so if you miss a Sunday for whatever reason – you know, deliberately or non-deliberately, you're still missing something. You're like, my week is not the same because I don't have a, a, re- a gospel and two readings, in your case, and a gospel and one reading in my case, to to enjoy and to reflect upon and to let let be real and let inform my, the coming week. Yeah. So we're, in a sense, taking the entire week after a Sunday, we're reflecting on the gospel we heard, we're reflecting on the homily we heard, we're reflecting on the readings we heard, and then whatever happened at that Mass or the theme of the Sunday is, we're carrying it with us throughout the week. It's funny, because like, that's actually come up uh, in confession, where I'm like, actually, your confession is directly related to the readings. Yeah. And they yeah. were at Mass... And they were confronted with the readings, and then I'm like, "Great, go back to that reading." Yep, 
Yep. Do it again. Yep. I've, I've given I've given a gospel as a penance multiple times. The gospel that you just heard, yes, or the gospel that we hear today. It's a beautiful way of doing a penance because it, it, you can see God working. I mean, people say that all the time. Oh, Father, your homily was so appropriate to me. Then there was this issue I'm going through, or the reading was so appropriate to my life. It's like that's not coincidence. It's like God allows the reading that the church teaches us to hear to actually be effective and relevant. I think that's the key word, relevant to our lives throughout the coming week. Yeah, providential. So, right, providential, exactly. So when you go on Sunday, keep the readings in mind. Even if you even if you weren't paying attention to Master Liturgy, which I know happens all the time. Your kids were distracting, you were just, you have ADD like me, whatever it is. If you, when you hear the readings, read it again, and then every day meditate upon how that reading reflected to your day. Mm-hmm. You'll appreciate the Sunday liturgy more, and you will also miss it. If for some reason you have to miss it, you will say, well, I'm going to do the readings anyway. I'm going to appreciate the Sabbath for what is it is, even if I'm on top of a mountain and can't go to Mass or liturgy, whatever it is. So there, there's a relevance there of a certain reacting in a good way, reacting to the Sunday and the gift that that Sunday was um, in in. In other words, after hearing the readings, after celebrating that Mm -hmm. Sunday's Master Liturgy. The same thing, though, can happen as you lead up to a Sunday. So in other words, you can say, I'm going to – if I have – um, I'm going to use the Byzantine church as an example. So in, in the litanies of the Byzantine liturgy, during the litanies, you there's you will say things like, at one point we pray for the government. At one point we pray for those who are who are in prison. At one point we pray for those who are traveling. At one point we pray for our bishops. At one point we pray for those who are sick, etc. So there's a point in the liturgy when we pray for all these different compartmentalized issues. So if on Tuesday I find out that a bishop in Syria was imprisoned by by an Islamist radical, you know. And I say, well, okay, I just heard that one of our bishops was imprisoned. So I'm going to pray for them now, but I'm also going to pray for them as a community with the gathered Christian community on Sunday during the petition when we pray for those who Captives are imprisoned. Captives and their own salvation. Exactly. Yeah. So that there's, there was every Sunday, in a sense, we can prepare for that Sunday also by having categorized intentions yes, that we bring to liturgy. Yes, that was exactly the point I was going to make. Yeah. How, but there was a point the other day where I was like, we're not covering everyone. Like, we get so specific in our intentions. Yeah. Right. And then it's like, but when are we going to pray for those people? You know, like right. for captives and their salvation. Yeah. Like, they didn't, they didn't say anything about it. So then we change ours up every week. Which right. isn't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but like when they're so like specific, yeah. you know, like the other day it was like for travelers, for their safe, um, no, for vacationers this summer that they may have leisure in body and mind. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, I mean, like FYI, like, do you realize there's like a war raging right now? Yeah. Like everywhere. Look at Texas. Look at Minnesota, look at, you know, France, yeah. wherever. Yeah. It's like there's a war raging. Yeah, we should pray for travelers and their yeah. like leisure, but doesn't that seem a little short sighted? Well, you know you're a pastor now. You can change that. <laughs> and bowing his head, he gave up the spirit. <laughs> so in other words, but 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 in well, take t- take the Byzantine <laughs> liturgy book with you because there, there's this whole litany of trying to cover every single topic and what i want to do, i actually want to do this in my parish so 
parishioners who are listening, keep me honest. I would love to have a section somewhere in the church where there is somewhat of an intention board, like where people can post their intentions, either write them on a chalkboard or on a dry erase board or stick them on a piece of paper for each of the d- intentions of the litany. Because we have these big, long litanies in the Byzantine liturgy True. that yeah. cover everything. So in other words, if you if you say – Every Sunday I'm going to walk in and I'm going to post this on there. But we already do that. It's, it's not like the church is lacking anything. We do that by, in two different ways, especially two main ways, at least in the Byzantine liturgy. is, And that is through, first of all, same thing you guys have, I know, is lighting candles. Yeah. In other words, you walk in and you light candles for your specific intentions. Right. The other thing we in the Byzantine liturgy do, and not every Byzantine church does this, but but our, our parish does, is when the priest is carrying – the bread and wine that is going to become the body blood of Christ, right. that people actually reach out and touch his vestment. Yes. And when they touch his vestment as he's carrying it, then they say either in their head or out loud the intention, their intention for that liturgy. And now I also, when I'm preparing the bread, because the priest and the deacon have a much more of an advantage with intentions, because when the priest and the deacon are preparing the bread that's going to become the body blood of Christ, mm-hmm. they actually cut off little pieces of it for each of their intentions and put them on the discos, on this this patent type thing with a foot on it, and for the liturgy. So there's plenty of time for at least the priest and the deacon and for anybody else, of course, for the lay people who want to take the time to make sure that all of their intentions throughout the week, everything that they cared about, all their anxieties, everything that made them sad, everything that made them happy, all of this is brought on Sundays to be presented to Christ. It is taken on the cross with him. Mm. It is He dies to it. He rises with it all through one celebration on Sundays, the day he rose from the dead, and, and therefore it is brought in the best way, not only offered in our heads intellectually – to Christ, like we do whenever we pray, but it's offered in the one through anamnesis, the remembrance of the sacrifice. It is offered in the sacrifice of the mass or through the offering of the divine liturgy in a very real way with the gathered community on the day Christ rose from the dead. It's an intensification of the opportunity to pray. Well, I mean, there have been so many times that we've mentioned something either at mass or somebody's asked me to pray for something. And then while I'm praying the Eucharistic prayer, like a specific word or a sentence from the anaphora, from the Eucharistic prayer will jump out at me. Yeah. And I'll be like, that's where we pray for that. Yep. Yep. And if you actually prayed along with the priest while he's praying the anaphora, then you, my guess is you would feel heard. Right. But sometimes people are just like, we're kneeling, we're kneeling, yeah. we're kneeling, we're kneeling, and we're standing. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Have your petition in mind. Wait for the word to strike out yep. for you. Like the other day, it was we had this priest come, we had this deacon come, I mean, from the Diocese of Meow. Um, and uh, he was talking about this third world country. Mm. And he was talking about how, like, you know, they, they love being part of uh, Americans' lives by praying for their intentions. Huh. Well, then, like, at the prayer, at the Eucharistic prayer, it was like that we may become one body. One spirit in Christ. Yeah. I'm like, that's it. Yeah, that's where it is. Yeah. So, anyways, and it, I, th- I think that's one of the problems with people today, and we hear it all the time as priests. People, and we do, we do it as priests. We don't, we do, we're not fully attentive to the mass of the liturgy. We're not, and it's, and there's this. It, we have to find ways and methods of becoming more attentive. We know in our heads this is the most amazing thing that has ever happened and will ever happen in the history of the world because it's the participation in the death and resurrection of Christ. But getting ourselves to to, to acknowledge that intentionally during the Mass of the Liturgy is hard. So this is one of those ways that you can you can say – 
Throughout the week, I pay much more attention to the anxieties I have during the week than I do to my master liturgy on Sunday. But what I need to remember is that those anxieties that cause me stress, that 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 keep me from falling asleep at night because it's it's occupying my mm. brain space, you know, those things can be brought on Sunday and offered to Christ in a more intense way even than trying to get them out of my head as I fall asleep. It's it's offered and there's places in the mass and in the liturgy where those things can specifically be brought to mind and offered. And if, like you said, if we're waiting for that part of the Mass, we'll be much more attentive to the Mass and much more appreciative to what it is that we are celebrating. What What do we say at Lord's Day, like when we do our preparatory prayers before we eat? Before we eat. It's like, brothers, this is the Lord's Day. Today we set aside the concerns of the week yeah. oh. to celebrate the Lord's resurrection and enter into the new life that he has given to us. Right. And so like setting aside the concerns of the week, not that we would set them aside in such a way that it's like, forget about, let's forget about them. But it's like, no, no, we set them like in the presence of God. Right. With, and we set them aside in the sense that I can't do anything. Ultimately, like I'm weak. Yeah. I, I will fail. Like there's not much I can do about it. Right. So in that sense, I'm setting it aside, but in some sense, I'm actually setting it, in front of the Lord, yeah. and then saying, it's your resurrection. Yeah. Like, you will conquer all these things. Yeah. And we say, we say in the Byzantine liturgy, the true Bakim, let us lay, set aside all earthly cares. Yeah, right. So it's in a sense, when the scriptures say, do not worry, and there's that entire passage where Christ talks about, you know, setting aside all worries, do not worry. Like, th- there's a difference there between the concerns that we have that we bring to Christ and then the concerns that are pointless because we just worry and we can, like you said, we can do nothing about them. Um, so that that is a really good point. I think there's a double meaning there in the sense that we are setting aside our own control because the Lord's Day is about rest. And if you look at the old Jewish tradition of not working on the Lord's Day, what that really means is the Sabbath rest is resting from any any actions that, that try to convince us that we are actually in control of salvation or in control of the most important thing because we're not. So we are resting to allow Christ to do the work, which, of course, the main work of Christ is the death and resurrection. So we're celebrating that. We're witnessing it. We're, we're receiving it. We're resting in it, etc. So the... That, that that's a that's a very good thing. We we set aside all worries, all pointless worries, because we have no control over them. And then, in a sense, those worries and the other ones that we, in a sense, are responsible for, we put those at the the throne of Christ, at the cross, and at the resurrection. And we say that in the anamnesis or the or the embolism. I think after after the our Father, we say, "Deliver us, Lord, from every evil. Yep. Grant us peace in our day, that we may be." Uh, kept safe from all, you know, anxiety that yeah. we, we keep, you know, yeah. free from all whatever. Yeah, I, totally I always pray for couples during marriage preparation and usually during the rehearsal, like the rehearsal, like let us pray that there that all undue stresses about this wedding are removed. Yeah, that 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 the couple can set aside all the earthly cares about you know uh, Ooh, who, who's at what table. You know, all these things are going to keep the couple distracted from the true mystery, the yeah. true sacrament that's happening. Here. I'm going to pray that with the couple I'm marrying this weekend. Amen. Yeah. And I, I found it really does sync with the couple because all of a sudden they're kind of forced to say, am I, what am I worried about? That's absolutely pointless to the, the eternal reality of this way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So um, what I have is then with that idea in mind of saying we, we, carry our concerns with us to the Sabbath, to Sunday, and then we receive the graces of Sunday and carry them with us. Whenever I celebrate Roman Mass, 
I always finish off the the um, prayers of the faithful, and the prayer that I say at the end um, is, "Thank you for allowing us to gather as a community to hear your word." to receive your Holy Eucharist and to carry these grace, graces with us out into the world mm-hmm. to those you called us to minister to this day. So we have to acknowledge that it's that, and I'll get to that in a minute, what, where we, what we, when we leave divine liturgy or mass, we are leaving with, with armor. We're leaving with ammunition. We're, we're leaving with food for the hungry. We're leaving with drink for the thirsty. Yeah. We're, we're leaving with visits for the, for the infirmed and the imprisoned. We're leaving with stuff to offer to the world. We're, we're leaving ready to go and to minister. And, and so we need to acknowledge that and, and that'll make us want to go more and to appreciate what we're receiving more. So what I have here is, is what we Byzantine calls the Eucologian or the Trebnik. Um, this is Eucologian is Greek and Trebnik is, is Slavonic. Um, it just means the book of needs or, you know, a, a book of that has all the needs of the church. So the larger ones have the divine liturgy, matins, vespers in it. Um, the one I have here is just a, a simpler, small Trebnik. And this is just all the different blessings we have. But mm. it is amazing how many things in the Byzantine church that we bless. I mean, we bless everything. I mean, like, like, when I when I go through here and I just look, uh, car, ambulance, fire engine, railway, airplane, boat or ship, fishing boat, all these are different prayers. Sick animals, livestock, fish for stocking ponds, bees, fields, gardens, mm. orchards, vineyards. All these things are different things that we bless. And, Sounds like a flea market. Yeah. <laughs> it, in a sense. And, and all the, I mean, travelers, soldiers going into combat, those going to college, children, infants. You know, all these different things that we bless and, and the blessing is kind of is, is what we're doing. We're taking something from the church and we're bringing it into our normal lives. So all these things are things that, that are relevant to our daily life. These are the things that we, 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 we concentrate on. We let worry us. We let, you know, uh, uh, bring us joy, et cetera, through the common life. So this book of blessings is just a, a blessing just full of, of prayers for different things. So what we do then you know, and I'm going just by my own tradition for this, but we take what we receive in church and we bring it into our daily lives. And we take what's in our daily lives and we bring it to church. So the things that we are taking from church and bringing into our daily lives um, for you Roman Catholics, like Ash Wednesday is obviously a great example of this, sure. right? You go to church, you receive ashes. The ashes are blessed from the pussy willows and the palm. Yeah, I guess you don't have pussy willows, but the palms from last year. And you put them on your forehead and you carry them out into the world. You're carrying a bit of church with you into the world. Um, the same thing for palm and flowery Sunday, right? You bring either the willows or the palms with you from church and you bring them home. That's, those are the most attended mm-hmm. services because people take something home from church. That's yep. a joke, right? Um, we, on Theophany in the Byzantine church, we take home Jordan water on Theophany. Water is blessed and we bring it home and we use this water and that water involves an exorcism. The water is is exercised. It's, in other words, it's made holy. Holy, one translation of the word holy means means separation or something that is other. So when we take water, water is found everywhere. Our bodies are mostly water. Water is found everywhere. We take water that is merely earthly and the Satan, in a sense, has control over what is earthly. We take it, to, water is brought to church. It's it's provided by the church in our case, or we go out to lakes, et cetera, and bless it. But water is taken out of the world where, where the Satan has control over it and is brought and is made holy. It's made separate. It's made to be used only for sacred purposes. And so we take this sacred thing that's removed from the world in a sense that participates in the new resurrection. We bring it home and we use it to bless things. We, we drink it when we're sick. Um, my parishioner, Aaron Carey, shout out to him. He puts it in every batch of beer that he makes. Every single microbrew 
batch that he makes, he puts some Jordan water in. We call yeah. it Jordan water if it's blessed on theophany. So it's, it's, in other words, we take something of church, we allow yeah. church to be relevant by bringing those graces in the form of holy water, Jordan water, home with us, and we let it affect our lives throughout the week. It's kind of like the publican and the Pharisee. We let what happened at church on Sunday, hearing the gospel of the, of the publican and Pharisee, we let that affect our, our week because we don't fast. So when we bring something from church, we're letting it affect our daily, our real daily lives. We give people bulletins. <laughs> that they, and a donut. I have, I have a parishioner who, who they use their bulletin literally to put their gum in before they go up for Eucharist. Like every Sunday, I find a bulletin with gum in it stuck in the pew. Carl Bunderson, please report to the principal's office, please. <laughs> Carl only, Bunderson to the principal's office. Mine you know. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Yeah. Um, I know who it is, I almost say. Um, so, so in other words, like, we, we let... <clears throat> <clears throat> that we, was Father Michael's very passive-aggressive way of going... <clears throat> <clears throat> So we take church home with us, whether it's Jordan water, ashes, palms, et cetera. So we let it affect our week. The things that we bring to church are what I mentioned, intentions, et cetera. But um, when it becomes tangible in the Byzantine church, every feast of the transfiguration. So August 6th, on August 6th, we bring the first fruits of our labors. Now, traditionally, this has been the actual fruits that are harvested in August, so these are okay. mostly apples and grapes. So people, every transfiguration, we set up apples? a table. Apples. So we, we, we set up a, a table uh-huh. in the front of the church, and people bring in fruit, especially apples and grapes, especially grapes. So they bring them in, and then we put them on the table. So we bless what we call first fruits. But because we not all of us are growing apples and grapes anymore in our vineyards, so we have people bring in the first fruits of their labors. So in other words... Whatever your job is, whatever your life is, yeah. you, br- you bring in some symbol of your labors. So, you know, parents will bring in pacifiers or bibs or things like that. Students will bring in their school books. You know, uh, you know, people from their various occupations will bring in some symbol of their occupation. Can I cut a lock of my mullet? <laughs> you work so hard yeah. at that mullet. <laughs> I mean, you, I'm you just may, asking. You may, you may bring in a lock of your mullet, yeah. I mean, it's going to be a lot better than, like, my pen that I use to sign all these, like, forms and checks with. Well, what I do is I, I bring in my Epterkelion, my stole, and I put it there. Okay. It's like the symbol of my priest that I put my hand cross. You know, do you get it back? Things, um, yeah. Okay. And then I pick it back up again. So people bring it. It's blessed on those days. So in other words, the first fruits of our labors are blessed. This came from the tradition where farmers would bring in their grapes, and they would have them blessed in the church on August 6th, and they would not eat any of them until they were blessed. So they bring it to church, it's blessed. First, they share with the poor as a thanksgiving for God allowing them to have a good yeah, harvest, right. and then they eat it themselves, and they share it with the whole congregation. So this is a way of taking what, what concerns our daily life, namely my harvest. The harvest was, was my concern, my daily concern. I bring the fruits of the harvest to church. It gets blessed. It gets shared with the community, so it's a communal thing, and then I can take the home, the rest, and make wine or whatever I'm going to do with the rest of the grapes. Um, so th- there's there's that of bringing in the first fruits. So nowadays we bring in again, we bring in where the first fruits of our labors are. And then those are blessed, we take them home. Um, then a few days later, on August 15th, 
um, the early church would bless, which is the Dormition, what mm-hmm. you guys call the Assumption, um, because the tradition says, at least in the Byzantine church, Mary actually died. They buried her. Her soul was carried to heaven by by Jesus. And then they put her in a tomb. Thomas, since he was late to the resurrection, was also late to Mary's burial. When he showed up late, they had already buried her. They pulled her out of the tomb, opened the grave, and she wasn't there. All there was was flowers. So God had assumed her body into okay. heaven too. So it's the same thing as assumption, just at a different time. So he, God had already assumed her body in heaven. All there was else was flowers. So on August 15th, people bring flowers to be blessed, but not only flowers, in the early church, they would bring their medications, in other words, their herbs. So we're getting into the se- the cold season. We're getting into the winter. So you bring huh. all the herbs you're going to use for medications, and those are blessed. Well, like what kind of herb? This is Cal. This, this is Colorado. This is Colorado. As long as you use the medication, which I True. heard there are some bishops. I don't know where it is that said that coffee can be drunk an hour before receiving the Eucharist. This is a Roman bishop. It's medicinal, exactly, because it's medicinal. I don't know. It wasn't Aquila. It wasn't Chapu. So it was some other bishop that said if you're drinking coffee for medicinal purposes. In other words, to stay awake during mass. I, I use it for my glaucoma. <laughs> That's the same thing I told my parole officer. <laughs> Exactly, coffee pot, whatever it is. So, but he made, he said coffee. So it's it's with coffee. So in other words, so coffee you, pot. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you, <laughs> so you, you you bring in you bring in your medications. So people bring in their medications on August fifteenth. So you have a table full of flowers and a table full of medications of Coumadin. Yeah, Coumadin or whatever you whatever you take. Whatever Flavix. You need. So so you. <laughs> the list can go on. Well, I'm at a very, I'm at a I'm at an older parish these days, oh, and I yeah. said to somebody, "So do you take?" Because they said I'm on blood thinners, right. and I was like, "Oh, do you take Coumadin?" And they're like, "I'm not that old. I take Plavix." <laughs> I'm like, "What the heck's the difference?" I didn't know that was an age thing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. So we bless medications, and then you take those medications home. So these are ways. <laughs> yeah, right there. Um, the <laughs> Sorry. You're playing with it. That's I why. know, but like I never knew what it did his, before. His microphone just smacked him as a man boob. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I mean, they're there. I just it didn't smack me. Go close on. Up, close up. Sorry. So you you bring your real life to church. To have it blessed. Then you bring church into your real life. And this is how the church becomes relevant to us. So um, moving on. So we, we actually, in the Byzantine church, holy water is exercised. It's made holy. It's brought out of this world to be for a holy purpose. You bless everything with holy water. Um, another example. On July 12th, 20th, which we just passed, on July 20th, we bless vehicles, because on July 20th is the Feast of St. Elijah. Elijah, I was there last time. Yes, you were. That's when I got my, that's when I got Adrian von Deerslayer blessed. (laughs) Your vehicle, exactly. So, they're blessed since he was taken to heaven in a fiery chariot, which has wheels on it, so we bless things with wheels, namely our vehicles. I have parishioners that bring bikes, I have a parishioner that brings a vacuum cleaner, (laughs) because it has wheels, and it's it's a big part of her life. So, in other words, we, we they, they bring these they bring these vehicles like to that. be blessed. So, it's a real part of your life that is brought. You know, on on you guys on the feast of Saint Francis, you bless animals, right? It's the same thing. Yes, it's it's, it's, it's one it's, of the most populated days yeah, of the year, right? So, you bring your real life to church. So, anyway, so we actually to intensify that we will chrismate icons, churches, 
things like that, will actually use the chrism that is used in what you guys would call confirmation. The chrism that's used for the sacrament of confirmation, yes. what we call chrismation, to to chrismate icons, churches, altars, things like yeah, that that have a very intense... Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay, amen. Um, that have a very intense use in the world. Archbishop Shapu, I watched him do the chrismation of the consecration of the altar at the sy chapel oh nice super cool it is a beautiful thing so so and um also this is why of course anything that's holy or sacred we we dispose of properly it's now been brought out of the real world we with holy water True. therefore we bury it burn it whatever it might be according to those uh those i think traditions. that's the two right burn it or bury it or both if you burn it and bury the ashes yeah that's what we do or you can consume it what oh you mean like the eucharist yeah, but like I mean, oh, if, you mean consume completely, yeah. Holocaust offering or something? Yeah. No, I meant eat it. Oh, okay. Like I mean, like I would be okay if somebody wanted to eat their blessed palm. Like, because you change the element. <laughs> Is that a real thing? No, but like I mean, if you wanted to try it, I mean, if you had like a whole vat of holy water, right? And you were like, I don't want to throw this out, right? If you just drank it, that right. I'd be cool well, with that. Byzantines drink holy water. That's part of the tradition of blessing a theophany. True, but like if you Palms wanted, to, are different. if you wanted to do like a chug <laughs> of of all of the Jordan water that all of these like naked babies right. like were dunked in, no, we we bless water every time every baptism. Okay. We, we re bless it. All right. So, anyway, I'm just saying your ignorance is showing. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I'll, I'll inform you further later. I'm done. I'm done with you. <laughs> Rendezvous, and uh, then right. I'm through with you. What, what did I say last podcast? Your bizophobia. Bizophobic. Bizophobic. Okay. Um, so, moving on. So, the the although there is a blessing, especially for carrying the graces of the Divine Liturgy to Mass with us, there is a blessing to send people out. What is that in the Roman Church, Father Nathan? Um... Oh, I got it. Okay. Go make a difference. We can make a difference. Oh, make a difference in the world. Well, well, well. Go make a difference. We can make a difference. Go make a difference in the world. That's definitely not what I was thinking. Oh, really? (laughs) At least that's what I learned. (laughs) Itamisa S. Oh, that's right. Apparently. Yes. When, uh,. Oh, shoot, I just forgot his name. When the former youth minister from Cabrini left, right? they asked all the people to come up and pray over him. Okay. Oh. And for over an hour and a half, Steve Angrizano just kept singing, <laughs> go make a difference, for an hour and a half. For an hour and a half. I was almost afraid to ask you if that was a real song. Or if you just made it up on the spot. No, that's, that's a, real a real song. song. Okay. That was the theme from World Youth Day. Go make a difference. We can make a difference. Go difference. Well, 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 well. Okay. I'll believe you. We start mass with all are welcome and we finish it with (laughs) go make a difference. Hey, did you see the all are welcome meme I post? I sent to you guys? No. It says all are welcome, all are welcome, all are welcome in this place. And it shows a bunch of Christians being eaten by lions. Oh, yes. Yeah, that, was, that was hilarious. I only know that song because you guys sing it and mock it. Okay. Yes, um, Ita Misa Est. Ita yes. Misa Est. So the, the, it comes from Misa. It comes from, in a sense, dismissal. You so are sent. You, you are sent, exactly. So there's this, you are sent into the world for another week to do the will of God, to glorify God, to build up the kingdom of God, etc. So there's something beautiful. And that is why you call the Divine Liturgy the... Divine Liturgy. 
<laughs> you call your Eucharist. Oh, the mass. Yeah. It yeah. comes from that word, most would say, right? right. So the, the, literally the mass is called the mass because of itamisa es, which means dismissal. So an essential part of the mass is not only being there, but then utilizing the graces received at the mass throughout the week. Hmm. You are dismissed to go and to to carry with you the graces received. Again, so I, I, I did this research today, actually. Some would say that it actually means um, the the sending forth of the sacrifice of Christ to the Father. So, like, Christ is sent to the Father, but we are also sent into the world. There's obviously a lot yes, of debate about that. Jesus this. sends his disciples into the world. Great yeah. commission. Right. But yeah, yeah, amen. And so, so there's this, there's this sending for. So we need to see, and actually in the Byzantine Divine Liturgy, the Ambon prayer, which is the prayer said at the very end of the liturgy, the priest comes out of the altar area and he stands behind what's called the Ambon. This used to be a, a high, actually like a pulpit raised probably yeah. 20 to 30 feet yeah. in the air. So he could almost, it's, it's like standing up and then so he could bless all the people as they go into the world. Yeah. And then there's all different blessings for this, the different Ammon prayer. So there's the, in the business energy, the people really like hear a, you are sent out to pray for these things and, and to, to be Christ in the world as the body of Christ, etc. Um, Yes. So that we, in other words, the whole point of this, and I'll figure out a name for this podcast later on. The whole point of this is that Sunday and the celebration of the death and resurrection of Christ, the hearing of the word, the gathering as a community, the reception of the body and blood of Christ, all of this is something we should be preparing for for an entire week and then acting out the graces from for an entire week after it's over. Um, Those ways through blessings, the things we bring to church to be blessed, the things we take from church that are blessed, the things we take into the world, etc., are the ways that we can further appreciate and to pay better attention during the liturgy or during the Mass in order to appreciate fully what we know is amazing, but we don't always feel that way practically when we're there. Amen. Amen. Go out, go make a difference. Okay, little point here. Okay, go ahead. If you haven't noticed, folks, we have uh, cut back a lot on our musical um, interludes, repertoire, and postludes. Yes, because of certain um, licensing issues. Okay, so while you're doing a shout out, I'm gonna sing in the background. Are you ready? So, so we're not going to do the. Then that means I have to sing. Then when you're doing it, right? Yeah. Oh goodness. What no, I, but you what, just what just sing? do three. Just do three shout outs. Me and three in a row. And I'll sing. I'll sing into the background. Ready? Because okay. it actually relates to the podcast. Ready? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> shout out to the recently called, ordained Father Michael Kearney, a new another, priest for the Diocese of Joliet in Illinois, and a longtime Catholic staff listener from Becca. A shout out to my we are harvest. We are hungry. We are married this June 24th in Washington, D.C. Toasted on their honeymoon to some great bourbon, lemoncello, and sun chips from Mark Villapondo. Shout out. Oh, I'm getting a text from my cousin Sarah Louise. Who was hopeful people, people who was Louise. Shout out for Kelly Harris, a great Catholic girl in Bloomington, Illinois, from Charlie Kresge. I, I like your singing. I can continue going. Did you, did you know that song? 
I've heard it, yeah. We are called, we are chosen, we are Christ for one another, we are promised to tomorrow what we are for him today. We are sign, we are wonder, we are chosen, we are greed, we are harvest, we are hungry, we are Christian, we are greed. I don't know how you remember all But this. who am I just to buy if only we believe? <laughs> not for he of him who spoke and not for he of him who rose, who was justice for the poor, who was raised against the night, who was hope for peace for people who are lie. We are called, we are chosen, we are Christ for one another. You have an amazing memory for No, I had that beaten into me as a kid. <laughs> okay, just to make sure we everyone could hear that. Father that. Michael Carney, who yes. was in, at University of Illinois with me, oh. um, is a priest of the Diocese of Joliet. He uh, was a focus missionary with me. Then he was in seminary, left seminary, came back to seminary, locked it in, nice. priest. Don't know the people on their honeymoon, don't really want to hear about the sun chips or anything else. And Kelly Harris from yeah. Charlie Cresci, who I hope is not the guy that I used to know at University of Illinois. <laughs> A shout out to my husband, Elliot, married on July 15th. Thanks for consistently, for the most part, putting out podcasts full of golden nuggets of great Catholic info from Kiki Salon. Crap. Kiki Slown. <laughs> We are sign, we are wonder, we are chosen, we are greed, we are harvest, we are hungry, we are Christian, we are greed. For the most part, some of them are just nuggets, knuckles. Kiki Slown. A shout out to my amazing fiance, Eddie Bardella, on his 23rd birthday, this August 3rd. Yay, we got it done ahead of time. He introduced me to the podcast about a month ago, and I've come to the conclusion that the banter is during our daily evening phone calls even more than you do. Wait, I've... To the conclusion that he banters during our daily evening phone calls even more than you do. Smiley face, winky smiley face from Olivia Sielaf. Something like that. A shout out to my wife, Mary O'Connell from <laughs> Patrick, her husband. Just read it. <laughs> well, I mean, I thought, I thought that was her husband's name, Dennis. Uh, oh, I think that's A shout out to my name. wife, Mary, parentheses, Dennis. I see. But that's her maiden name. Yes, right, right. Shout out to my wife, Mary O'Connell. We were married in a Byzantine church. Nice. And Byzantine wedding from Patrick O'Connell. Nice. Um, who's married to Mary Dennis in Raleigh, North Carolina. Byzantine shout out. I'll take it. All right, to my girlfriend who just told me to start listening to your podcast, Savannah Lyle. She has truly helped me grow in my faith and is more beautiful than she knows from Aiden Gould. Well done, Aiden. Good nice job, job. Aiden. Hello from St. Louis. Go Cardinals. I would be eternally grateful if you could send a shout out to my beautiful, faithful, inspiring wife, Angela. We've been married 10 years this July. I found out this I found this podcast 6 years ago while deployed to Afghanistan and it helped me through those tough days from Brendan Fitzpatrick. Amen. A shout out to a brother in Christ, Andy O'Neill and his wonderful family. Andy shared this podcast with me when we were stationed together at Camp Red Cloud, South Korea from Matt David. All right, last one. A shout-out to my friends Naomi and Maggie, who are also fans of your podcast. I'd also love a podcast on Balthazar's Theodrama, all five volumes. <laughs> I may not have tried hard enough, but my attempt to understand it was futile. From Mike Panillo. Panillo. John yeah, John Nepple, get on that. Get I can on do it. it on the seven volumes of Harry Potter coming soon <laughs> to a theater near you. Okay, so folks... By the time this podcast comes out, which will be after the seventh uh, of August, yes, Father John will have climbed the Matterhorn, wow. 
which is the mountain outside of Zermatt and one of the most famous mountains in the world. Um, just this sweet, jagged, like pointy looking peak. If you don't know it, you've seen it before anytime you've consumed the candy Toblerone, Toblerone. because it's on the side of every Toblerone. Or place. if you've been to Disneyland. Or if you've been to Disneyland, thank you. Um, so he climbed the Matterhorn, um, and then he also climbed uh, one of the peaks of Monterosa, um, which apparently, like, there's a series of peaks, okay, kind of like a Sierra, um, and he's climbing one of those. Wow. Um, both are extremely technical. Both are can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. He has three very good guides. But I'm praying, let us pray, that by, by now he has returned safely. Yes, and prayer can go back in time. Yes, it can. So let us pray to uh, Blessed Pierre Giorgio Fassati and to Elijah, who climbed Mount Carmel, yes. possibly without ropes, um, that they would intercede for him. Amen. 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 And by now, uh, August 7th, I hope to have uh, played Mike Rapp, Father Mike Rapp, in golf. And not totally embarrassed myself. So. I thought you were going to say him. Does he do everything right? Tennis, golf. <sighs> yeah, there's like there's like freakishly good athletes in the companions. Father Mike Rapp's one of those. Father Mike Rapp, Father Brady Wagner, Father John in terms of sports involving ice and or mountains, <laughs> Father Brian involving sports that involve running and or slack lines, right. Father Jason that involved frisbees. So, like, as soon as we get to, like, shuffleboard, I'm going to totally own. I'm pretty good at bowling. Yeah, well, Brady's pretty good at that, too. Yeah. So, good luck. Well, we'll do that sometime. We are called, we are chosen, we are Christ for one another, we are promised to tomorrow, what we are for him today. We gave so many shout-outs a couple times ago that Becca, our editor, poor thing, had to say, you gave too many shout-outs, she ran out of music. But she edited it very well, so maybe now with your singing, we don't need the end. So, Catholic Stuff Podcast. Buster Rhymes, Janet Gmail. Jackson, here we go, one time. Dot com. Baby, bugger, people. I chose a different song. It's pretty sweet. <laughs>